Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace and Tyler Hudson, where we meet together at the intersection of truth and courage to strengthen the saints to be bold and courageous instruments for God. Many Christians live with guilt about not knowing how to share a gospel presentation with someone. Sadly, many Christians would not know where to start in sharing Christ with a lost friend or family member. Today, we are going to learn about a simple technique about the gospel. It is a method that Tom developed 20 years ago. It is using a conversation about the Ten Commandments. Hey, do you know all of the Ten Commandments? And if so, do you know them in order? Tom and Tyler are going to teach you how to know them in order and how to use them in a gospel presentation. Here now are our hosts, Tom and Tyler. Welcome to the Corner of Truth and Courage with Tom and Tyler. We are here with you at the end of the week, Friday, and we're kind of wrapping up today the topic of the Ten Commandments survey that you use as, as a very effective soul winning tool or mechanism to be able to witness to people. And, and let, me, let me say this. Here's why I think this is so interesting. I've been, I've, I've grown up being a door-to-door, you know, person. I, I, I come from a church that does that, and I enjoy that and like it, and it's very effective. But that's not the only way to effectively, you know, be a soul winner or tell people about the Lord. And what I like about the Tenth Commandment survey is it breaks down that initial wall that people often have. Of, you know, if you go stand at their door, it's like, okay, here's another guy that's going to be trying to sell me something. Essentially, they think we're trying to sell them Jesus, so to speak, and to a degree we are. But another thing I've noticed is people want to talk about themselves to some degree. And with the Ten Commandments survey, you are involving them because you're asking them, hey, what of the Ten Commandments do you remember? And so that it's very interesting. I, I like the way that it sort of drops that initial wall there that people have of being able to talk about the Lord. So yesterday you you kind of went through what you do, and then you started to show us that transition into giving them that gospel presentation. So let's pick up uh, there from yesterday. Well, Tyler, thank you. And uh, before we do, I want to also, though, explain the biblical side of this. Why do I want to use the Ten Commandments? Mm-hmm. The Bible tells me in Romans chapter 2, verse 14, that the Ten Commandments are, is written in their hearts. It's in their conscience. It's the program language inside everybody's heart. God has put that there. When they tell a lie, they know it's wrong instinctively. It's intuitive. Why? Because it's written in their hearts. Mm-hmm. When they break one of these Ten Commandments, there's a guilt feeling. There's that out, that inward pain. Paul said, I would not known sin except for the law. The law breaks us open. Mm-hmm. And so when I use the Ten Commandments in these questions with people, so yesterday I talked about how to start the Ten Commandments survey. Mm-hmm. And all this information is going to be on our website, fortressoffaith.com, fortressoffaith.com. I've even got a, we'll, we'll have a link up there to a YouTube of me teaching the Ten Commandments, how to remember and memorize the Ten Commandments in order. Mm-hmm. So when someone says, thou shalt not lie, well, you know that's the ninth commandment. When they say, honor your father and mother, you know that's the fifth commandment. Mm-hmm. You know that the second commandment means no idols, don't commit any, you know, make any graven images, and to try to replace God. So you can memorize that. I'm going to have that link on our website, fortressoffaith.com. In many Bible 
preachers of yesteryear used to teach how important this is. In fact, John Wesley said, preach 90% law and 10% grace. If you focus on the law, and if you spend, and imagine this, if I talk to, you know, if I'm a doctor, and you come in, and you got cancer, and and I found cancer in your body, if I tell you, you know, within two minutes, hey, uh, Tyler, I'm afraid we found cancer there, but uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut you open, and we're going to rip your, you know, this open and stuff, and we're going to get a knife, and we're going to cut this out and stuff there, and we're going to do all that kind of stuff, and we're going to hope that it's going to take care of that. You're going to say, well, I want a second opinion, Okay. Mm-hmm. But if I spend 90% of my time explaining we've done this test and stuff like that, you see the results here. We talked to this doctor. We had a second opinion, and these people coming out with the same information. we got a problem here, and you're going to die if we don't deal with it. But the good news is we can fix it. Well, Mm -hmm. if I've explained adequately the problem, then you're ready for the solution. Mm -hmm. And so grace is the solution. People aren't ready for it yet. They need to understand the problem, their sin. And that's what the Ten Commandments do. And so when I go through the Ten Commandments, I'm already on the subject with them with the survey. And they are telling me which ones they remember. Then I cover the ones that they've missed. Then I ask them this question, and this is where we now get to the conscience. Because the Bible says the law is written in their conscience. I want to speak to that. And when I do that, I don't have to deal with arguments of, you know, well, I don't believe God exists. I don't believe this, that, and the other. We're past that. I'm beyond that. I'm now talking to them about something that they can relate to. So now I ask them, how have you done keeping the Ten Commandments? And they're going to tell me, oh, I've done pretty good, pretty well. That's what most people will tell me. Mm-hmm. I say, okay, well, let's, let's, do, let's test that according to the Ten Commandments. Have you ever told a lie? Well, they kind of pause for a moment and say, well, yeah, yeah, I've told a lie. Well, what are you called if you tell a lie? Well, I guess you're called a liar. And he says, mm-hmm. okay. Have you ever stolen something that didn't belong to you? They often were going to say, yes, but that was many years ago. I stole a candy bar, you know, type of thing there. Mm-hmm. Is that okay, so what do you call if you steal things? They often say a stealer. <laughs> it's kind of funny. No, you're called a thief if you steal something. Um, you know, so, uh, so by your own admission, you told me that you're a liar and you're a thief. Mm-hmm. Now that is not something anyone wants to hear. Mm-hmm. But their own admission. They said I am that way. Yeah. So let me ask you, when you stand before God on the day of judgment, and God judges you according to his righteousness, and his righteousness is the Ten Commandments, it shows whether you're righteous or not. Mm-hmm. And God judges you according to them. Are you going to be found guilty or innocent? Well, they've already told me they're guilty. They've already broken it. Yeah. So they're going to go ahead and say, well, I guess God will find me guilty. So then I follow up with this question. So if God finds you guilty, is he going to judge you and send you to hell? Or, or what's going to happen? And nine times out of ten, Tyler, nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, they'll come back and tell me, oh, well, he'll let me into heaven. Yeah. Now, now think about that for a minute. They've already admitted, I've broken God's law. And I might have asked them, you know, have you ever looked with lust and stuff? Well, the Bible says, you know, you know you're an adulterer in your heart, according to what Jesus had taught us there. Mm-hmm. And, and so 
you know, when we go through those things, and they've already told me they've broken them, and God will judge them and find them guilty, will he judge them, send them to hell, or let them into heaven? Nine times out of ten, they're going to tell me, God is going to let me into heaven. And that I find that amazing. Mm-hmm. That tells me that people don't understand that sin is a violation of God's law. It's a breaking of his commandments. You're now a lawbreaker, and they need help understanding that. And so I reason with them. Is God a good judge or a bad judge? Mm-hmm. Let's imagine you're in a courtroom today, and you have a human judge, and you've broken the law, and you admit it like you just said. I, bro- I broke the law. I, I committed, committed that, uh, that sin, that infraction, mm-hmm. that uh, I broke that. And that judge says to uh, says, well, I know you broke the law and stuff there, and I, I'm just going to look the other way and let you and let you off. Now, would that be a good judge or a bad judge a for bad our judge. society? Well, everyone's going to tell me, well, that's a bad judge. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a bad judge. He finds you guilty, but he's not going to do anything about it. Yeah. Now, will God be a good judge or a bad judge? A good judge. And then they kind of like, hmm. So then I ask the question, so you told me you're guilty of breaking his commandments. What's he going to do when you stand before him and you're guilty? And they look at me. Now, this is the moment. This is the moment that their eyes are being opened. And this is what the commandments do. Mm-hmm. It, it leaves them bare. In fact, in Romans chapter 2, it says, Every mouth will be stopped. Mm-hmm. That their mouth is stopped. They don't know what to say. And it's an amazing time to get to this point. And when they say, and they admit, I guess God is going to then send me to hell. Mm-hmm. And when they admit that, you can see it in their eyes. For the first time in their life, they now fear God. And, and you need I to let that them, marinate a little bit when they're thinking exactly. about it. Exactly. Yeah. Man, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I, I'm not going to poke it. But I need to let that settle for a moment. And then I ask them the question, what are you going to do? Well, I guess I'm going to start being good. I said, well, that's too late now. (laughs) You you can't say to the judge, well, I broke the law and stuff there, but from now on, I'm going to live right. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to steal from that store anymore. I'm going to pay for everything I, I, I take out of there. Well, that's good. You should. You should have done that the first time. But what about the times that you didn't pay? You, that's what we got to deal with. Yeah. So then, so so, what are you going to do? And I leave it on their shoulders, and that's important. And uh, and I let them think about that for a moment. And said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, well, the thing is, is that God knew you were in this trouble, but God's got a rescue plan for you, and He had that rescue plan for me too, mm-hmm. because guess what? I am no better than you. I'm just like everyone. It's broken God's law, and and I too needed God's rescue plan. That's why God came in the form of man, took on flesh and dwelt amongst us, and died on a cross, not for any wrongdoing that he had done, but for my wrongdoing and your wrongdoing, and my sins and your sins and the sins of the whole world. Mm-hmm. And then I go through these verses that are in the back of uh, that uh, Ten Commandments survey, that uh, that we're posting on our website at fortressoffaith.com mm-hmm. and uh, and on the back of it there uh, it shows God's rescue plan 
And I love this, First John chapter 2, verse 2, and he is the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation means payment, but not a partial payment, payment in full. It's mm-hmm. the final payment. He is the final payment for our sins, and not our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Who is that person? Jesus Christ. That's what he did. He shed his blood to pay the penalty for our sin. In First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And um, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And so that repent, you just simply repent of that, turn from it, admit it to God. You believe in him. He died for your sins to pay your sin debt. Yeah, and and sometimes, I'd like to add this, Sometimes people are going to say, well, okay, I've lied, but I've never killed anyone, all right? And then you use this verse, James chapter 2 and verse 10 says, For whosoever shall keep the law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all, right? So you're going to want to tag that in there because some people, you know, are are not going to be so willing to just say, okay, yeah, I'm in trouble. You're going to have different scenarios there. And I'd like to add this last thing, too. I just thought of this today. What's very intriguing about this is you'll find that most people actually do believe in God, even though they don't live for Him. And many people believe that the Bible is God's Word. But as you begin to do this Ten Commandment survey, you're really showing them, well, okay, you believe in in, in the Bible, but the Bible, here's the law. You've clearly shown that you've broken it. And the Bible says that those who have are going to hell, right? And so they don't even realize that the book that they believe in is is essentially condemning them to this place. And so I wanted to mention that there. Yeah. Well, Tyler, I wish we had more time, but we got to stop there. That's going to be it for the week as well. We hope you'll join us back on Monday at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.